from the church last day of the VBS. It's been it's been something. It's been a, a blowout. We've actually had some interesting challenges. The power went out uh, yesterday after everything was over, and it took a long time to get it back on. My electrician had to come and redo a bunch of stuff. Fortunately, it was after the kids went home. That was good. We came back this morning, and guess what? No power again. Turns out the meter's bad. So we barely, uh, fortunately, we got a good electrician. He just got the power on right before VBS starts, uh, starting now. It's just amazing that God has kept this thing going with, despite all of the interesting challenges we've had. So we are ready to move on this morning. We're going to go into Psalm 104, 105, and 1 Thessalonians 1. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you for this morning and giving us this day. Thank you for all the kids that are coming here, more kids today even than there were yesterday. So we're very thankful for that and thankful for what you're doing. So God, you get all the glory. Thank you for the Albuquerque team doing such a wonderful job, helping out so well, good hearts with these kids. So we thank you for them. We do pray for the harvest, God. Pray that today there's some things that happen in the hearts of these kids that are permanent to help them stay away from the garbage of the world and, and stay close to you. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We are now moving into Psalm 104. Let me get all set up here. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Covering yourself with light as with a cloak. Stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He walks upon the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers. Flaming fire his ministers. He established the earth upon its foundations. So that it will not totter forever and ever you covered it with the deep as with a garment the waters were standing above the mountains at your rebuke they fled at the sound of your thunder they hurried away the mountains rose the valleys sank down to the place which you established for them you set a boundary that they may not pass over so that they will not return to cover the earth he sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell. They lift up their voices among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the vegetation for the labor of man so that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine which makes man's heart glad so that he may make his face glisten with oil and food which sustains man's heart the trees of the lord drink their fill the cedars of lebanon which he planted where the birds build their nests and the and the stork whose home is in fir trees the high mountains are for the wild goats the cliffs are refuge for the shephanim he made the moon for its seasons. The, the sun knows the place of its setting. You appointed darkness, and it becomes night, in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar after their prey, 
and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. Man goes forth to his work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how many are your works? In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. There is the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals, both small and great. There the ships move along, and Leviathan, which you have formed to sport in it. They all wait for you to give them their food in due season. You give to them, they gather it up. You open your hand and they are satisfied with good. You hide your face and they are dismayed. You take away their spirit and they expire and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the Lord be glad in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. Let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth. And let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. That's rather a, a long psalm. But we, we see the, the praise of God over creation and the maintaining of creation. It's beautiful how the psalmist sees God in everything. From the creation of the world, even up to, it would seem, the flood. Where he says, after that, the mountains were covered with water. And then the valley sank down and the mountains rose up and the, and the oceans became confined they had their boundaries that's how the oceans were established because the the water that was under the earth the earth cracked open the water sp shot up into the atmosphere became a void under the earth where all the ocean water that was below the earth then went up or not all actually only less than half went up and then crashed back down and the floor of the earth or i should say the surface of the earth sank down which became the ocean floor now and this has all been pretty well documented. We know uh, also, which is so phenomenal, that there's more water still under the earth than the volume of water above the earth, according to scientists, all trapped between the layers of rock there. So that's very interesting, but we see this as such a powerful statement of creation and God's maintenance of the earth. He causes all things to grow. He brings the seasons. And again, he is the one who's up on high. He, he rides on the chariots, on, on the clouds, on the, on the winds. All of these statements were challenge to all of the gods of the lands because these gods who believed in Enke and El and Zeus and Saturn, all these demagogues and stuff, they believed that they were the ones who rode on the clouds on these chariots. They moved across the sky. And their movement across the sky is what brought forth the sun. Somehow their movements did this. But God says, no. The psalmist says, God set the sun in its motion. The sun knows where it's supposed to rise and set. All of these things that the psalmist is saying in a very beautiful poetic way speaks of God's authority over all things. All mankind, all creation, all growth season, rain season, the, the movement of the sun, the moon. He is over all those things. So it's a huge challenge to these pagan deities when a person in the Middle East would read this back then. They would think, no, 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 that, there's another God over that. But not here. He's making it very clear that it's the Lord God who is over all these things. Therefore, the wicked better worry because he's a righteous and holy God. And so there is no one that can escape 
being accountable to him is kind of one of the points here. Psalm 105, the Lord's wonderful works in behalf of Israel. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all of his wonders, glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face continually, remember his wonders which he has done, his marvels and the judgments uttered by his mouth. The seed of Abraham, his servant, the, so, the sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac. Then he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. When they were only a few men in number, very few, and strangers in it, and they wandered about from nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no man to oppress them, and he reproved kings for their sakes. Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. And he called for a famine upon the land, and he broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him, the ruler of the peoples, and set him free. He made him lord of his house, ruler over all his possessions, to imprison his princes at will that he might teach his elders wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt. Thus Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham, and he caused his people to be very fruitful. He made them stronger than their adversaries. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his wondrous acts among them and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark. And they did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of the kings. He spoke, and there came a swarm of flies and gnats. And in all their territory, he gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He struck down their vines also and their fig trees and shattered the trees of their territory. He spoke, and locusts came, the young locusts, even without number. And ate up all the vegetation in the land and ate up the fruit of their ground. He struck down all the firstborn of their land, the first fruits of their vigor. Then he brought them out with silver and gold. And among his tribes, there was not one who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the dread of them had fallen upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to loom them by night. They asked and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water flowed out. It ran in the dry places like a river. And he remembered his holy word with Abraham, his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, his chosen ones with a joyful shout. He gave them also the lands of the nations that they might take possession of the fruit of the people's labor so that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. A whole recounting of the history of Israel so that Israel might remember the ones that they're living now in the time of David or Solomon or somewhere around there just after that, to be thankful and to know the greatness of God and all God had 
done for them. This is why he says shout and sing praise, sing joyfully. It is a wise person who remembers where they came from and all that God has done for them and keeps bringing that, just not the sin, but remember how God set them free and released them and continually giving praise for it because we still have not, not the ability to even appreciate the magnitude of our salvation by grace. I know I can't. I know there was no way I'll even come close to it until I see my Savior face to When I see the nail holes in his hands and in his feet and his side that was punctured, the bruises, it is an interesting thing that Jesus still bears the marks of the crucifixion. It's the only man-made thing in heaven. And of course, it would just have to be the worst of mankind, wouldn't it? But it's for our appreciation so that when we do see him, we will fall on our face and we'll be thanking him knowing that that's the punishment we could have received or should have received. All right, let's move on now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting a new book, one of my favorite books. Thanksgiving for these believers, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice for you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word with much tribulation, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. As a beautiful introduction to this letter, Paul is just so encouraged by these people that have willingly, joyfully turned away from pagan idolatry and embraced Jesus as Lord and Savior, even with all the challenges and even with the persecution and the things that were going on believing fully by faith that Jesus was coming back and, and he's going to get into this whole issue about the rapture of the church in this letter and people were confusing them and giving them an understanding that maybe they'd missed the rapture, the rapture had already happened, but these people were steadfast and it was a great, great group of Gentiles, of course, and Paul's just encouraging them. When the gospel moves, it moves powerfully. So again, we'll get into this in a much deeper way as we move through the chapters but read through the whole letter if you can. And it's one of the most clear letters that you'll see on the return of Jesus for the church, his love for the church, and the sureness that we have that as the next letter, Second Thessalonians, will say that we're not appointed unto wrath. So it's a real clear indication as well we're not going to go through the tribulation. So we'll move on now to Charles Spurgeon as we get the music going. That's timely. 
So we are just getting going with a theme song today. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Kind of hope you can. Bow down, be lifted up. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. This is Teremont to a promise. If we will bow down, the Lord will lift us up. Humility leads to honor. Submission is the way to exaltation. That same hand of God, which presses us down, is waiting to raise us up when we are prepared to bear the blessing. We stoop to conquer. Many cringe before men and yet miss the patronage they crave. But he that humbles himself under the hand of God shall not fail to be enriched, uplifted, sustained, and comforted by the ever gracious one. It is a habit of Jehovah to cast down the proud and lift up the lowly. Yet there is a time for the Lord's working. We ought now to humble ourselves even at this present moment. And we are bound to keep on doing so whether the Lord lays his afflicting hand upon us or not, which the Lord smites. It is our special duty to accept the chastisement with profound submission, but as for the Lord's exaltation of us, that can only come in due time. And God is the best judge of that day and hour. Do we cry out impatiently for the blessing? Would we wish for untimely honor? What are we at? Surely we are not truly humbled or we should wait with quiet submission so let us do so. Well, okay, Father, we do ask for that patient waiting upon you. If we need the humility of the humbling of your hand, many of us do, we kind of almost daily at times, easy to get ahead of you, easy to get fall into pride, but thank you, God. Please build us up. Knock us down when we need it, but God, bring us back up. Encourage us, exalt us, use us for your glory to be a blessing to others. Thank you for this marvelous time you've given us this week. As now as you draw to a close, pray that the dinner tonight at the mission for the parents would go well, that they would show up, nothing else, that the kids would come and, and be entertained by the team and have a blast. So thank you for that opportunity. Uh, and we just pray for hearts and souls as usual, as always, that you do a work and a wonder, God. We bless your name. Thank you for those that are here for the first time. And those that will be hearing about this on Sunday, maybe people get interested and a little bit more open. Pray for people in our own body, God, that would love to be involved in this, but are working. So just make a close-knit, God, make us a tight, loving body, even as so many are, are working six and a half days a week. We do pray for your hand to unify us and, and build up our youth group, God. Make them stronger as you work with the youth group of Calvary Albuquerque. Thank you for this wonderful day. Again, blessing upon the Casterline family, God, as they wanted their kids to come, but they just not feeling good enough. But we lift them up for healing and all those who need your touch this morning. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Another kind of a short one. Thank you, guys. And tomorrow, I think I'll be back at the house. <laughs> I think. We'll see how that goes. And we'll see you then. Okay? God bless you all. Bye-bye. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast. 
the daily Bible reading devotional, which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word.